So all week I've been just kind of hanging out with Jesus and been locking myself up and, and kind of one of the things that just kept coming to my, my spirit was the boldness that will change the world. The boldness that will change the world. So we're just going to kind of go on this little journey today. We're going to talk about the boldness that changes the world. And So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Please don't answer me, but this is like just a question for you to kind of ponder. But what does the Bible say about boldness? Okay, here we go. Thank you for not answering that. <laughs> boldness is the courage to act and speak fearlessly despite real or imagined dangers. When a person acts boldly, he can take actions regardless of the risk. Now, we got to kind of understand the difference between being bold and being arrogant, okay? Because there's times that I can move when, I'm, when, when the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, there's a boldness that comes out of me. But then there's also times when I'm just being silly, and I also have a different kind of boldness that will come out of me, but I just do it to mess with my wife. You know, I think y'all heard me share this story one time while we were at a restaurant, and, and uh, we come out of this restaurant, and it's, it's a really well-known restaurant, and there was a line of people all around the building, and we had just got done eating a steak. And I walked out of the building, and I was like, oh, that was great, or something like that. And my wife just looked at me because... I did it, and everybody just began to stare at us, right? And she says, oh, my God, I can't take you anywhere. What's the matter with you? What's God? Oh and she hit her face. Oh, Jesus, God. That's arrogant. That was just being silly. But it does take some kind of boldness just to kind of come out of our box, you know, to, to, to be able to be that bold one for the Lord. So when we talk about boldness, um, you could think about a, a small woman, maybe five feet tall, maybe weighs about 80, 90 pounds, 100 pounds. She has a baby. If somebody were to come and snatch her baby, maybe a six-foot-tall man snatch her baby, there would be a boldness that would come upon that woman. That mom, she wouldn't care how big you are. She was going after you. That's a boldness, right? doesn't matter what they would look like. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Even those, maybe even like uh, with our bosses at work, or maybe there's things when that things are not going right, there's a boldness that comes out when there's uh, things that are done that are not, not righteous, things that are being done that are not right. You, you, there's a boldness that comes out of us to stand firm. So we can't confuse boldness with, with being rash or being aggressive. However... It is similar to being assertive. You know, some people um, serving as an apostolic leader, sometimes people will misunderstand assertiveness for myself as being more uh, aggressive. And it's really not. It's just me, me just taking a stand and saying, listen, this is wrong, and this is not the way you do it. And there's a difference that comes out of an assertiveness so we got to understand that being bold doesn't mean you're being aggressive. You're just you're exercising the godly authority in you. Amen. Come on. Boldness. Boldness was the 
the very first characteristic, it was the very first characteristic that Holy Spirit imparted when he came to the indwelling believers. It was the very first thing that Holy Spirit did. It says that um, the followers of Jesus had been hiding. Listen, this is right after Jesus had been crucified. They were hiding. People were looking for him. They were being persecuted. They were being hunted down. They were fearful of what was going to happen. So it stopped them from even speaking. I mean, you can imagine being a persecuted church. I mean, well, I remember when I was in India, we had to go, we had to hide in a little, a little place, and they would take us to an, uh, another room upstairs in, in a little compound because the, it wasn't safe for us to be there. So a persecuted, so boldness was one of the first things, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. When they were hiding, they were hiding from the Jewish authorities. <clears throat> they began to pray for one another. As a matter of fact, let's turn to Acts 2. We're going to start in Acts 2. Jesus. They begin to gather and they begin to pray for one another. Because you might have, I mean, you, you can imagine that they, were, they weren't feeling very uh, secure. They probably felt threatened everywhere. They, they probably couldn't trust nobody. They didn't know who they could trust except those that they were, they were connected with. So they began to gather. And then in Acts 2, it says, all of a sudden, so we're going to start in uh, verse 1. When that day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Spot right there. So if we could say, what is boldness? What does boldness look like? What does it sound like? I believe Acts 2 verse 1 gives us a, a picture. Boldness sounds like a, like a mighty rushing wind. It's a mighty rushing wind. It says, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one who sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, in other tongues, and as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And a short time later in Acts 4, you see when they begin, to, uh, uh, they begin to suffer persecution. Let's go to Acts 4, verse 29. Acts 4, verse 29. It says this, Now look, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to you, the servants, that with all boldness they may speak the word. So they're being persecuted and they're looking they're gathered in a place, and they begin to pray to the Lord. Lord, give us the boldness, God. Give us the boldness to be able to stand out, to be bold, to, to stand in front of those who are coming against us, those who are trying to persecute us. It says that uh, in 429, the boldness so that they may speak your word 
by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And then, and when they prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. So they began to ask the Lord for the boldness. For the boldness. But not just for the boldness, but they even asked Him, Lord, give us, let us be so bold that we can go and demonstrate the power through signs, wonders, and miracles. Come on, I'm going to go somewhere with this because, see, that applies to us today. It applies to us today, even where we're at right now. <clears throat> it says they begin that as they assembled together, it was shaken. And then that the, that the room was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak the word of God in boldness. The boldness of the Lord came upon them. In 431, that's where we see that their prayers were answered. God gives us the boldness when our, our objective is to obey and glorify Him. Spiritual boldness can appear to be opinionated, extroverted, when in fact the bold person may feel even fear and maybe anxiety. You know, I know that when we go and we do like outreach evangelistic stuff and we do marketplace evangelism, there's people that can go out there and they can just pray for everybody. They have no problem. They're like, hey, how are you? Boom, shuck it up, gloryful. It just happens. And there's other people that they want to do that, but they just they haven't got to that place of stepping into doing it yet. But there's a boldness that God wants to release. Such boldness comes from the Holy Spirit who compels a person to speak the truth and love even when it's not welcomed. You know, I, I've heard this often. And we got really, to really work on our character as believers and, 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 and as a representative, representatives of the Lord. But when we say the words like, well, I had to tell him. But I told him, I'm only telling you in love, brother. You know, I give this story about my grandmother, you know. Um, my grandmother, I mean, she was hardcore, you know. And, and she loved us, but she grew up another way of loving. But she would say things to us and, well, I'm only telling you for your own good because I love you. I'm like, well, God, if that's what love looks like, Jesus. I mean, you know. But, but she did love us. She loved us. But she would just say things like, you know, I mean, just, I'm only telling you because I love you. And, or I'm only telling you because it's the truth, but the truth is in love. I know. So my point is this. When we say things like that, let our character be in love towards the people that we're talking to. Because we can't say that we're trying to speak in love when it's really coming from a pace of just, being bitter or maybe angry or you know so let's really be in love when we speak to people spiritual boldness pursues the truth it works to destroy the lies and errors 
and it speaks what is right regardless on how terrifying such actions may be. Come on. There's going to come a time where you may have to speak boldly on a situation and you'll have to stand firmly planted on the truth that the Lord puts inside of you. That's a boldness from heaven. A lot of ministries now, they don't preach repentance. They don't believe in repentance. They don't believe, you know, I mean, we've got all these different belief systems now. We've got all kinds of doctrines and, and beliefs. And we've got hyper grace, super grace, super, super hyper grace, and all these different types of grace where you no longer even have to pray no more. It's finished. Jesus did it. Yes, it is finished. And Jesus did do it. But we still walk out our salvation. We still walk out our salvation. And the love of the Lord reads to repentance. The blood of Jesus covered everything back then, now, and to come. But there's going to be times that you're just going to have to have your come to Jesus moments and make things right. Because when you get to a point in your life where you just, you're okay living in sin, then there's a problem. There's a problem. So there's going to be a time where you're going to have to stand for righteousness. Stand for the, and be bold and, and declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen, I'm not trying to ruffle nobody's feathers. But listen, we're in a time right now with the body of Christ, we're seeing a civil war being manifested. Brothers are against brothers. Ministries against ministries. And we need to be able to just speak the truth and love and tell the gospel of Jesus. That means that you speak the truth of the Lord in love and boldness, even to those that are dealing with with sinful natures and dealing with homosexuality characteristics and all these different areas. We can love them. Listen, don't get me wrong. I, I love, I have no problem. But we have to be able to speak boldly and say, listen, that's not who you are. You're a daughter of the king. You're a son of the king. And we need to give them another way. We need to show them the truth. That's the boldness of the Lord. And what, what's hard is sometimes that happens when it's people that are close to you. You get people that are close to you. Maybe it's a family member. Somebody who's doing things that are out of the character of the Lord. And you have to stand for righteousness and say, brother, that's not right. We have to speak bold and love. As followers of Christ, we should pray as Paul did that the Lord would grant us supernatural boldness to speak and live as He would have us to do so. You know, in the age that we live right now, we live in a show-me generation. We've got kids, we've got young adults that are very strong and they're very bold in their belief system. And they got no problem telling you. You got 
these marches where transgenders and the whole the, the, the lesbian rights and you got you got the, the atheists and you got all these different people and these advocate groups coming against Christian belief systems, coming against the very things of God, and they're bold about it. They got eleven year old kids dressing, cross dressing. That's demonic. That's not the Lord. But they're very bold. But yet the church is so quiet and they're so timid. Oh, we don't want we don't want to we don't want to ruffle no feathers. We don't want we don't want to speak the truth. Man, the Lord is calling forth right now those bold ones. Now listen, don't get don't get what I'm not saying because I when I say the bold ones, I'm saying in love. You know, I'm not saying, hey, you're going to burn in hell, buddy. That's not what I'm saying. Although that may be very true. But the love of the Lord will lead to repentance. Listen, I was in a, a pretty bad situation growing up. I was involved in all kinds of stuff. And if I would have had somebody come and try to Bible thump on me, I probably would have thumped on them. But when I have somebody come and just be a friend and say, hey, man, maybe you should rethink what you're doing. I'd be willing to listen to that than somebody beating me on the head with the Bible. I'm just saying, we got to learn how to, we have to learn how to be loved. You know, this is what it looks like. Because boldness coupled with love and humility, I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians 13. We all know this scripture. When boldness is coupled with love and humility, it's like a light in the darkness. What does love and humility look like? 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to start in uh, verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth and bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. You see, when boldness is coupled with love and humility, we see change. But whether there is prophecy, they will fail. Whether there is tongue, there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will all it will vanish away. We are called to be a light in the darkness. Matthew five fourteen says that you are a light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. How many of you are shining your light bright everywhere you go? Because I'm going to be honest, there's days that I don't feel like shining my light. Can I be honest? Transparent? Transparency being breakthrough? There are days that I wish I could just go put a baseball cap on 
And not just, just, I don't want to have to minister to nobody, Jesus. I just need my time. Right? Am I the only one? Come on, man. But he says that we're, we're to be a light, a city on a hill, that everywhere we go, that we radiate the goodness of God. And the only way that our light will completely shine is for us to be with the Lord every day. Even the days that we don't feel like it. Because I'm going to tell you what, 90%, 99% of the time that I don't feel like being in that light where I just want to just go to a store and get some popcorn, the Lord will put somebody right in front of you that needs to be healed. And the day that I didn't want to do anything turns out to be my most busiest day for the kingdom of heaven. And then afterwards, I'm like, God, you're so good. It's in us. It's what we do. When we are convinced that our message is giving life and it's eternal, we can speak with boldness, knowing that God will use it to impact the world. Listen, have you ever had somebody try to sell you something that they didn't believe in? I have. Just the other day, I had somebody try to sell me that bottle where you can clean everything. Uh, you can clean windows, you can clean tires, you can clean houses. You can, I mean, it works for everything. I've had people try to sell me knives, you know, like solid steel. But have you ever tried to have somebody sell you something that they don't believe in? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. When we have confidence and who we are, and we know what we carry, that we begin to speak a certain way, that everything we do is going to come from a place of boldness. Because I know who God is in my life, because I know what Jesus has done for me, and because I've seen the move of God, I've seen the dead raised, I've seen miracles, signs and wonders. Because of that, nobody can tell me any different. I don't care what you say. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it. And nobody can take that from me. But because I've seen it, and because I've, I've experienced it, I can tell you about Jesus because I'm confident that I can say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leopard. Cast out the devils. And I believe it. Wholeheartedly, I believe it. Because I'm confident in who my Lord is. I'm confident in the Jesus that's inside of me. That I can go to a Walmart, I can go to a, a Sonic or wherever I'm at. And I'm a walking billboard for the kingdom of heaven. How many of us have let our light dwindle down? Because when we go places, people everywhere should see us. Oh, man, there's something different about that guy over there. We see people in wheelchairs and, and on, on, on crutches. Are we praying for them? What are we doing? Come on, I, wa I want to provoke your spirit to just jump into this thing. The boldness of heaven. 
We want revival, right? Revival doesn't start in the church. It starts out there. It starts out there with the people, loving the people. Because we have a generation of people out there that are, that are exhibiting what they believe. But yet we carry the truth. And we're so timid. We carry the authority of heaven. We carry the power of heaven. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ lives inside of you and I. Be confident in that. Listen, I may sound like I'm loud. I'm just very passionate about this stuff. This is, my, this is a lifestyle for me. My wife will tell you, everywhere we go, Jesus, what do you have? What are you, what are you gonna do today, God? Hmm. When we're convinced, then God will use us to impact the world. Because when you love something, you, I'm not saying you're selling Jesus, but when you love something, you talk about it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be a little transparent here. I love the fried, fried mushrooms from a place in defiance. Man, those mushrooms are the bomb. I have not had mushrooms like that in a long time since Texas. So every time I talk to people and they say, hey, we're going to go eat. And they say, oh, we're going to be in defiance. My thing is, bro, you got to go to this place. They got killer mushrooms. Fried mushrooms and the, man, the batter, you can cut the, man, I'm getting hungry. You can cut those mushrooms and they're fat like this. They got that. And then they give you that homemade gravy. Oh, you cut them. You, they're so big you can cut them in five pieces. Some pepper and salt. Oh. But see, I love those mushrooms. And I made you love those mushrooms right now. If you like mushrooms, you love them. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. What we love, we talk about. And what we love, we, we expand the goodness of it. Because you just want to talk about the goodness of what you love. Brandy loves her bike. She rides around that city of Bryan on that bike. And, oh, she said, you just love my bike? You like my white walls? Got that beautiful purple fender. Look at my basket. She loves it. And because we love something... That's the boldness that I'm talking about. Isaiah 55, 10. I'm going to start in Isaiah 55. Let's turn to Isaiah 55. Because when we're convinced, when we're convinced, God will use us to impact our world. Isaiah 55 gives us a, a picture of this. I'm going to start at verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but the water 
the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be with that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing I sent it, which I sent it. Listen to what I'm saying. That's your confidence in the Lord. That's what you need. That's what it is. No matter what, it shall be accomplished unto the Lord. It shall prosper. We need to be bold, stand in confidence like Isaiah 55. You know, I remember that was a, I was doing a meeting in Las Vegas. And uh, they wanted me to teach a class on prophetic evangelism and marketplace evangelism. So me and a, a good friend of mine said, okay, well, we'll go ahead and we'll take the class out. So we took a whole group of people and we went to Las, we were in Las Vegas in the middle of Las Vegas, busy, the casinos, and, and I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So I got there in the middle of the square, and there was people with tourists, and they were all, I mean, it was busy, right in the middle of the most, and I just began to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> I declare the kingdom of heaven is here right now in Las Vegas. Anybody need healing today? Anybody need to know who Jesus is? And we're right there in the middle of Las Vegas, and then people started surrounding us. The tourists, they thought we were like filming a movie. They started bringing up their cameras and started watching what we were doing. Then, then, they, then the later on, they went into the malls, standing on the tables in the malls. Who in here needs Jesus? And they began to do the demonstrating power. They got these kids running around with these little rabbit tails and coyote tails, fox tails, painting their face black, encountering Jesus because somebody decided to be bold. That's you and I, guys. A time that I had to step out and be bold was when I was asked by a group of pastors. I'm there in a, a foreign country and I'm asked by a group of pastors to pray for a Hindu priest where the pastors were afraid to pray for the Hindu priest. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little like, wait, well, hold on, wait a minute. Maybe I should think about this for a minute. And yes, you use wisdom in all things. You don't just do what you do. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. The Lord said, do it. The Lord gave me a word to prophesy over this Hindu priest. And I sat there in his office, and I prophesied a word over him. I laid my hand on his chest, and I said, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the one true God. The boldness of heaven comes. The prophetic word that I released over them came to pass three days later. 
Come to find out that this Hindu priest was one of the largest, wealthiest men in all of Ghaziabad, India. He got back. Millions came in because of that word. Then he goes and he takes out his checkbook and he writes a check and he sows it into the Christian community in India. See, somebody's got to be bold. Will it be you? It doesn't matter where you're at. It could be just for one person. It could just be for one person. It could be for the person that's watching you pray for somebody else. We had our meeting Friday night. We had a couple of different pastors and leaders come out. Then Brandy comes up and the boldness of heaven comes upon Brandy and she begins to release. Shaw, she's in the glory. And I was watching the pastors and the leaders. Their faces dropped. And they were like, they didn't even know what to say. There was a boldness that came upon them. I'm telling you what, and afterwards, it just opened up all kinds of things. And the Lord's going to do some amazing things there. But even if it was just for that one, Amen. Jesus. The righteous are bold because they know what God has for them and what they have to say is important. Hebrews 13, 6 says this, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Come on, that's a big... I think boldness will look different like for everybody. Like with Ezekiel coming up with his shafar. That's a big deal for somebody. But he exhibited the boldness of heaven upon him. And he came up here and he blew that shafar. And you could feel the release because what if he was the only one that had it? What if he said, <laughs> Come on, y'all hear my heart? So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Listen, no matter what it looks like, what can man do to you? You go to Walmart. Excuse me, sir. I see you have crutches. Man, can I pray for you? I just know that God wants to heal you. It's not going to hurt you. It's not. You're moving in the boldness of heaven. In Ephesians, we see where Paul was in prison. And he's writing to the churches and he's asking them for prayer. Paul, gangster Paul, Paul is in there asking for prayer. And you know what his prayer was? He said, please pray that he will be bold and continuing to proclaim the gospel. It's Ephesians 6.19. And then it says this, And for me, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains 
that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul knew who he was. He was an ambassador in prison, in chains, asking the Lord, Lord, give me the boldness to speak how you ought me to speak. That's powerful. Lord, make me that bold, God. Godly boldness is motivated by passion and is truth. It's rarely self-centered because it requires us to set everything aside of our natural desires for comfort and popularity. Paul spoke boldly and most likely it meant more persecution for Paul. Stephen spoke boldly and he became the first martyr. Let's turn to uh, Acts 5, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be closing in this area. Let's turn to Acts 5. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to be starting on verse 12. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they, were, uh, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of them, none of the rest dared to join them. But the people esteemed them highly. The believers were increasingly added to the Lord's multitudes of both men and women. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. That at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall upon them. Some of them, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities in Jerusalem, bringing the sick people to those who were tormented by the unclean spirits, and, all, and they were all healed. They were all healed. Now, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were all filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. They were put in prison, right? <laughs> but at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and they taught. But the high priest and those who came called the council together with all the elders and the children of Israel and sent them to the prison to have them brought back. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, Indeed, we found the prison securely shut. And the guards standing outside before the doors, 
But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Then, now then the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, wondered what out, the outcome would be. So he came to them saying, look at the men who you put in the prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. So we're going to pause right there. They get thrown in jail. They get thrown in prison, a jail, for preaching the gospel. They go back. An angel of the Lord releases them. Supernatural. Come on, that's awesome. Then they go right back into the very thing that got them put in jail to begin with. Now the people see them in the temple. Now they're saying, go get them and bring them back here. Okay? Where was that? Then the captain went to the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest should be stoned. And they brought, had brought them, and they said to them before the council, and the high priest asked him, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter, now listen, Peter who had just denied Jesus, remember? Peter who had just denied Jesus, who was fearful. Peter and the other apostle answered them and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. God of our fathers raised up. And then you got to imagine what this looked like. Come on. Peter's in the room. And he's saying, what are you doing? He says, hey, I'm going to obey God. That's who I am going to obey. The God whom you put on the cross. The God who you murdered. The God who resurrected. See, there was a boldness that came upon Peter. Three days before, he rejected him. But now, this is what he says. The God of our fathers who raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on the tree, him, God, altered his right hand to be the prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of our sins. And to, we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given those who obey him. There was a boldness that day. Regardless of what they were facing. Because they could have killed them, right? They, had, they could have killed them. But there was a boldness of heaven that came upon them. I really believe that we're in a time right now. That even now, even let's just stand this, this, this morning. Let's stand. Jesus. I believe the Lord is calling forth the bold ones. And that's every one of you in this room. Every one of you in this room. That you have to know who you are and have confidence in who Jesus is inside of you. Because if you know who Jesus is and you know who you are, you will have the confidence to go everywhere 
and proclaim the boldness of the kingdom. How many of you in here would say, listen, I don't, I don't have that boldness. I, I love the Lord with all my heart. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I want more, God. Lord, I want, I want to be able to go up to people and pray for people. I want to be confident in knowing who you are in my life, God, that I can impact and change lives all around me. That I'll be bold to pray for the sick. That I won't be ashamed of the gospel. What people might say around me. Listen, we're believing for Ohio ablaze. We're believing for a move of God. But it requires you to go after it. I can't make your revival. Your husband can't make your revival. Your wife can't make it for you. You have to go after it. You have to want it. The boldness of heaven. The kind of boldness that will change the world. If we have a group of 50 or 60 or whatever, if everybody in this room would go out to the city of Defiance or Bryan or wherever this afternoon, you would impact families and people. They would encounter the love of God and they would never be the same because you decided today to be bold for the kingdom of heaven. Or we can go on our day Go to the Chinese buffet. Go eat at a restaurant after church. But you can't because we got family day. And we got a lot of good food back there. I'm going to sing with these guys. Holy Ghost. I feel the glory. <laughs> Jesus. But can you imagine? If every single one of us in this room were to go after church service one day, we would flood the city. And if we made it a point to be bold and tell somebody about the goodness of God, how their lives could be changed, even for the one, you would multiply this 50 by the 100. What if it was five people? You would multiply, multiply, multiply. That's how revival starts. Loving on people, showing them the goodness of God. Some people will never step foot in church. Some people have been hurt by church. They've been hurt by leadership. They've been hurt by pastors. You're the light on the hill. And they're waiting for you to come out and show them Jesus. If not you, then who? If not you, then who? They're just sitting 
There's a state crying out for the real. Because if we don't be the ones to give them Jesus, there's going to be a group of people out there that'll give them the counterfeit. They'll give them the lies. They'll give them the drugs. They'll give them the false family. If this morning you say, listen, I want that boldness. Today, Lord, I just want that boldness, God. If that's you, come on up. If not, then I'm just going to pray us out. Thank you for the bold ones, God. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you, God, right now. I thank you for those that are stepping out, God. I thank you for the bold ones, God. Even now, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for everybody in this room, those that are watching online, God, that you would release, God, your goodness, Lord, that you would take them, God, to the Acts 5, God, the sound of a mighty rushing wind, God, that their prayers would be like Paul, God, even this morning, God, that their prayers would be like Paul. Lord, give me more of the boldness, God. Let me be a light, God, in a dark place, God. Teach me how to love, God. Father, teach me how to love. A pure love, God. Father, I thank you, God, for the boldness that's being released right now. I thank you for an impartation, God, right now being released, God. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in these transformers, God, in their lives, Jesus. I thank you for the radical reformers, God. I thank you for the prophetic evangelists, God. I thank you for the marketplace evangelism, God. I thank you for signs and wonders, God. I thank you for the revivalist, God, for the pastors, the teachers, the apostles, God, the prophets, God. Right now, God, let them come forth, God. Oh, bring them out of hiding, God. Bring them to the front line, God. Bring out the sleepy ones, God. Bring them, God. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us, God. Father, we just thank you, God, for your goodness, Lord. Because you're faithful.